There was more than one power at work, Frodo. The ring was trying to get back to its master. It had slipped from Isildur's hand and betrayed him. Then when a chance came, it caught poor Deagle, and he was murdered. And after that, Gollum. And it had devoured him. It could make no further use of him. He was too small and mean. And as long as it had stayed with him, he would never leave his deep pool again. So now, when its master was awake, once more and sending out his dark thought from Mirkwood, it abandoned Gollum, only to be picked up by the most unlikely person imaginable, Bilbo from the Shire. Behind that, there was something else at work, beyond any design of the Ringmaker. I can put it no plainer than by saying that Bilbo was meant to find the ring, and not by its maker, in which case you were also meant to have it, and that may be an encouraging thought. It is not. It is not. It is not. Set frozen. Set frozen. To the six, we be in the mix with that rare candy paint job on the whip. I need food for the kids, money for the rent. Fuck a lockdown, baby, I can't do that shit. And I don't never vote, cause I'm fucking broke. And either way, I know the police ain't gon' leave me alone. On a plane by the visit, Glen Rock, need crypto. Told me I should bring the Glock with me, so I packed up my piece and I'm sliding. Cause we might get caught up in a riot. Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden. Fuck a left, fuck a right, is you riding? Oh, you love to see it. Ain't no politics, baby, we just talking From the birds to the bricks, we be in the mix With that rare candy paint job on the whip, who you with? Welcome back to the Gain of Fiction Lab. This is volume 27. 27 is a crazy number, right? Because uh, some artists never got past there. Some famous artists, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, uh, Kurt Cobain. There's a lot of, lot of famous artists that don't get past 27. And you know what? The haters wish that we would be one of those artists. That we would be one of those people that say, hey, it's 27, time to end it all, time to take a bunch of drugs, time to throw up in my mouth and, and lay on my back. Like, they really want that to happen. But guess what? We're going to be doing Bob Dylan numbers. We're going to be in our 80s. We're going to be 100 like Clint Eastwood. We're going to be rocking till the break of dawn. Now, um, the haters are getting creative, of course. They are uh, basically foisting a object that we could put on our finger and get drunk off power and ruin the world um but we're going to destroy it we're going to destroy that because uh we got a rocking program tonight uh we are covering jrr Tolkien's masterpiece part one of his trilogy the lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring and i am so glad to have the help i have never needed more help in my life on a book than this one because you got to be ahead to really talk about this. And um, I'd like to introduce our newest friend to the program. You're going to hear a very familiar voice in a second. But our newest friend, his first appearance, he, his name's Trevor. Very easy to, uh, to say. He's got long, luscious, beautiful hair. Like thank you, thank little, you. <laughs> little Kevin Parker, Tame Impala, but with better politics. Um, like, he's got that vibe going on. It looks fantastic. But you're here. You're making your debut. And... Um, I don't. I don't. I don't want to know about your token Lord of the Ring kind of history yet. But like, what? Tell what? What is? What's Trevor got going on? Oh, what do I got going on? Uh, well, I play in a band, uh, and uh, yeah, and then I, that's what I do. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! So that, that's. I mean, that's sick. Um, th is it Tame Impala? 
No. Okay. <laughs> Not Demi Paul. Okay. Um, I swear to God, dude, he's he's got like Kevin Parker vibes going on. Um, so that's that is sick. I'm a huge fan. I'm saying that as a fan. Uh, no, yeah, his music's phenomenal, really. <laughs> well, it's funny because I had tickets to see Tame Impala at the Chase Center. With my wife. It would have been our second time. We saw him at the Greek Theater. And I'm only saying these locations because you know these locations. Um, but, like, the Greek Theater in Berkeley, we saw him the first time in, uh, after the Currents album. And it was just – it was so tight. It was so beautiful. And then we had tickets to the Chase Center for March 19th, 2020. What do you think got in the way of the Tampa oh, yeah. concert? So, 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 so something happened. Fauci happened. Things happened. Uh, gain of function happened. Uh, thus leading to gain of fiction, but the 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 uh, they rescheduled the concert for like a year later. I was magically not allowed in the building because there was a certain requirement <laughs> for the Chase Center. Um, so I said, "Fuck Kevin Parker, I'd rather hang out with Trevor." So um, <laughs> at that point, um, but you but but you know what? Trevor's got a lot of uh, a wealth of knowledge already on the, on this trilogy and uh, Middle Earth and and of, of of all of it. So I'm really excited to tap into that, but. Here's another. There's a familiar face, a familiar face, and from the first ever Gain of Fiction episode, from many paranormal uh, episodes, from um, regular Rare Candy Pod episodes, uh, from the HP Lovecraft episode just a few months ago. Um, we have Aiden McMahon, contributor to our Substack, a uh, big part of the podcast since 2023. Uh, what's good, dude? Hey, thanks for having me back. Excellent. Um, so we are covering. Uh, I'm nervous about this. One. I'm really nervous, but I but I was so excited because I found an audiobook and I was at work and I was on a particularly boring <laughs> assignment that was very quiet. And I knew I'd be there for a week or so. And I was looking for an audiobook and I was out of these weird draconian audible credits that like never seem to renew when I think they should renew. But I found a free one. And I found a free uh mm. Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring, which I read in set in probably sixth, seventh grade, whenever the Peter Jackson films came out, I saw the movie and read the book and um, I loved them, but I never, I never dove into the world. I was just like, those were good. I'm glad I had those. The movies are good too. But I was like, man, I think I might go through this again. This sounds kind of fun. And uh, immediately hooked. I was on uh, Rob Inglis was the narrator. I don't know who that is, but he deserves whatever award they give for audiobooks. It was a 1990 book on tape rip that they were putting for free on Audible to promote okay, yeah. the Rings of Power on Amazon. That was why that was free. So um, at least something good came out of it. What I forgot hoping, that existed. What they were hoping to achieve <laughs> by making that free, they most certainly did not. I did not even put it on for a wink. I don't want to. <laughs> I, I I know it's going to be this whole thing about how tokens Christian and evil, like kind of secretly and actually the, actually all the hobbits were, were black. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, and so were the elves too, not the orcs. Um, but no. The, no, they were not. They were actually, they actually had blonde hair. If you didn't know <laughs> their blonde hair, they, uh, they were, um, they, they, they disputed the 2020 election too. the, the orcs. <laughs> they, they didn't think that was free and fair, but, uh, and we don't know where the orcs, we don't know where those orcs were on January 6, 2021. We don't know, but, great uh, questions. great question. So let's get to your guys's history because my history is so short. I already said it. Basically. I just liked them. I love the movies. My wife loved the movies. Um, she's actually reading Fellowship, right? I mean, not as we speak, but she was reading it earlier. Um, but uh, she she she's getting into it right now. She had never actually read the books, but I want to know. We'll start with Aiden. Aiden, your history, because you you guys both jumped at this. I, the beauty of the Rare Candy Discord. If you're not in it, hit me up. Especially if you're on this feed, I'm pretty sure I'll let anybody through almost. But uh, the, but I'll let you guys through because 
when you're in there and you maybe you think you want to be on the show, Gain of Fiction is a good route to be in there because I'll just pick up a book or listen to an audiobook and be like, hey, is anybody down to talk about this? Bam, two people off the bat, two people that I really wanted to talk to. Um, so Aiden, your your history, you you jumped at this. Mm-hmm. So what what um this is a big part of your life. Yeah, I've been a big fan of this since I was a young kid. I I think I I watched the movie first when I was a kid, and I I you're was a young. Big, you're young, yeah. so yeah, you're you like you're. This is mm-hmm. how old are you at this time when the movie comes out? What it came out in was oh one was 01, the first one. Yeah, I I was like three. God so I, damn. Yeah, baby. <laughs> damn, you're good. But so I would I loved like playing with Legos and stuff like that. So I grew up playing with Legos with the movies on in the background, nice. kind of inspiring that stuff. And then I got old enough to start reading the books. And luckily the local library had like all the books, the the trilogy, the Hobbit, Silmarillion. Uh, and then I think there were, there was like only one or two other books, like a couple more out that they had there. But so I, you know, just started reading it nonstop. And the copy that I had, had um, of the three books had, like the you know 200 pages of appendixes and stuff like that so wow. just reading all of that stuff and got older got you know a couple more books and i don't know just the whole universe has really fascinated me and was for a kid who loved the like the story and the world building side of like a book and diving into like an entire universe Tolkien was the best for that and oh. truly just I mean it, it just an incredible world yeah and and um with Aiden again now you've got I, I've never brought this up and I've always wanted to when you when we recorded you got a tinge of of Ireland in your voice of <laughs> Ireland like there's a tinge there's a tinge I hear it yeah. and are you from there I mean like I like you're I'm not there? You're my not. dad's off the boat and I have uh. most of my family from his side is back there. And I mean, I've been back like nine, eight, nine times nice. before. And so, so what, yeah. It, what are these? It, does this does this hit like hit different? Because I, I felt more I'm Irish, but like what? Mm-hmm. Uh, not anywhere. <laughs> I don't remember anybody off the boat there. I never met any of the people from there or anything. But like I felt I, I, I'm throwing on Enya. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm really I felt like way more, you know, Michael Flatley, like I'm like, man, I'm I'm in. I I felt that way. So does that does that like? Do you feel a connection there a little bit? Oh, definitely. Because I think well, like it, it, the whole like the elves, the whole diving into this stuff is very based on a lot of Celtic mythology and influenced by all that. So yeah, definitely. You know, hit some of those ancestral bells and like reading through the description of walking through like the old forest um it you know walking through a a forest back in ireland that is very old and very like there is a different feel to some of those woods and some of those parts of the world that were deeply influenced by celtic culture and i definitely think tolkien like hits on some of that oh so true yeah it's it is and and, you know uh, the scene from brie and stuff like that where it's just a bunch of really nice people kind of shooting the shit and all that like yeah there's just a feel to it and um uh, yeah, Celtic pipeline, I guess, or uh, Celtic, you know, cords and threads in it. Yeah. 
Um, By the so, way, that makes three of us. Uh, yeah, I'm Irish and Norwegian, so we just yeah. Irish excellence. We just knew yeah. it. Yeah, we just we just knew it. Like we we, we I, I did I I knew Aiden was Irish. I actually always meant to ask him about that, but like I was just I mean, and the name too is pretty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty pretty easy to stuff. Explanatory there. Yeah, yeah, pretty easy to yeah yeah. But, but yeah, it's I mean you know Rockney kind of the same thing. You know, it's just a little little bit of uh, stuff like that. But um, Trevor. You're, I feel like we're around the same age, I think. I'm 30. Yeah, 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 I'm 30, yeah. Okay, around the so, same yeah. age. So you're yeah, yeah. you're young when the movie comes out. Do you have a history? You said, you, I feel like you had a history a little bit before the movies, right? With the, with the, yeah, with the yeah. Well, so my grandparents used to throw on the Bashki film uh, all the oh, time. Wow. Uh, were they pothead, so was... potheads? Big stone? <laughs> no, very, very conservative Christians. Um, wow. but there's like a crossover there, you know, that's, that's what I, um, I always, I always yeah. call myself a chippy, you know? So love it. I like, <laughs> I think that works <laughs> kind of the crux you know? of the show a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, I agree. I yeah. Agree. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I just always loved that film growing up uh, and watching that. And then I think it was also a point of connection with me and my dad, because I think even before I could really read the books, like, and really understand what was going on, I just asked him questions for hours about it. So he was really into it. So it was like uh, one of those things, because it's so lore heavy, you can just kind of like dive in and be like, well, what about this? And what about this? And he would just go on, you know, at length and explain it. So it was cool. That's beautiful. There's, <laughs> That's there's cool. like, yeah. there's, uh, it's so cool. I, I mean, like I, my dad thinks any, like my dad thinks that a guy like jumping out of a helicopter onto a bus can't happen in real life. So like those movies, he's like the guy that's like, that would never. So he, Lord of the Rings is a tough stretch for him big sports guy you know but like when you have that thing that you know you love your dad when you're growing up you love your parents but like when you have that one thing where you're like oh my dad actually wants like he's not like annoyed by the story i'm about to tell or like he's he's actually like into the thing that i'm like referencing right now and it's not just something that he thinks he has to kind of get into because i he knows i like it and you're like oh that that's such a special moment when you're a kid when you're when you for me my dad it was sports and like uh zeppelin which little tie in there i guess but uh the, the that was the thing i had with my or still do have with my dad but like that that is such a special thing and i think that's why you always um that you still have enthusiasm to this day because of because of all the that this book is more than just a cool story even though token loves to pretend that it's nah just a story you know like nah, i just wrote it i just wanted to i just wanted to see how good i could build a world and how long i could keep your attention but i'm like you're a liar dude well, that's what gets into what Aiden was saying about the uh, the Akashic record, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So, I we're look, we're gonna jump all over the place. I want to hear it all. I want to hear the mythology tie-ins. I want to hear. Um, I want to be corrected when I get something wrong because the names will. I will get them wrong. I've read the books twice, and. Now, the first time, like I said, I'd watched the Peter Jackson film. My mom took me to see it, and we were both like. Because, I mean, I don't think we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but I don't think people even like Aiden's age, like understand, like when you went to that theater and you were just like, what the I didn't know you could do this. And and like, I'm sure people there were like Lord of the Rings, like old school fans that kind of that had a snide attitude towards it. But like, I feel like that's one of the most accepted movies of a of a of a of a great franchise, like uh, of, of such a long, like a lot of the fans really like it. And I remember seeing it um, and we were just like, and I said, mom, I got to read the books. I got to buy the books. And we, didn't, we didn't have like a super ton of money growing up, but like my mom would take me to see any movie that she wanted to see, which was, she had a good taste. 
and then she would buy me any book that I wanted. That was like the thing. Like we made it have a video game. You're gonna have to wait because that's bullshit for your brain, you know. But 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 a Tony Hawk. That's maybe next year. But the the we will go see the movie. We'll make it happen. I will get you whatever book. I had the book. My wife actually still has the copy. I had the copy with like the elijah wood on the front of it like that was my lord of the rings copy it was like a total movie promo copy yeah I, no, that's uh, i'm reading the two towers one with orlando bloom on the front. hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah oh they used to sell orlando for the ladies too they used to they used to put him oh, on yeah. everything i mean he i mean you say he was a striking man you're like yeah it makes sense uh, but it was just him he was uh, he had that in pirates of the caribbean and now he's just with with katie, katie perry now and he's like i don't need to do anything for the rest of my life i have two franchises that will I will never they will feed me forever and her residency in Vegas but the uh so yeah I, re I read that I read it but I didn't have the patience that I have now because I, I just when I was reading back then I was reading Stephen King uh I was reading a lot of things which you need some patience for him too but there's also he, he rewards you with like child sex orgies uh no but with like all these other weird things in the in the in the books you know there's a lot of like uh oh it happened oh wow you know um it, but with lord of the rings I, I didn't have the patience for it even though i i still enjoyed it but i was kind of like seeing the movie and i was like when does the thing in the movie that i love happen in the book Whereas, well, when i was a kid the uh, the yeah. poems like they always yeah who oh cares? yeah right like who cares yeah. when you're a kid now it's like they like bring tears to your eyes they're so mm -hmm. good and and they and they tell you so much and now i when i'm uh when I'm reading it now, just from the get-go, from the beginning, like, I kind of don't even feel like we need to explain the plot the way I do in other things. like Because it's like, dude, everyone knows what this is um, in one way or another. But we, of course, will bring up some plot points. But like, what the first big part is when Gandalf just explains the history of the ring. A and it's like, I could have listened to the, uh, just a book of that. Literally an entire 700-page novel of him explaining through the voice of Gandalf of how the ring came to be, why it's so dangerous and what Smeagol is. What I mean, it was just, it was so breathtaking. Whereas in the past as a kid, I'm like, well, all right, bro. Like when do the, when do the black riders come in and stab Frodo? Like when, when does this happen? And um, as a kid, you want things to happen and it's weird. We should have less patience. Now we're closer to death, but we don't, I think we're closer to death and that's why we love it more. I think we, I think we, we we we've experienced things in life we've seen things and we are down to just sit back that like inner boomer mind to just sit back and just kind of like relish in it um i thought was i i found that to be the the most beautiful part of reading this again well i think i have more context for it now because i think like i i really love reading like medieval romances and i really love mm. reading like a lot of like old like uh, sagas and chronicles and one of the nice. things is like I feel like also history, right? And I feel like Tolkien's a good historian and he obviously has like a lot of respect for for mythology. Um, and it, it, you can tell that he's read a lot of these stories. He did a translation of Gwen the Green Knight, um, which is really good. Uh, yeah, and it's, I don't know, it's just like, it, it pulls from all these different, you know, kind of things. And he's, he's just really good at pulling that together into his own world. <laughs> I was too careless on the hilltop, answered Strider. I was very anxious to find some sign of Gandalf, but it was a mistake for three of us to go up and stand there so long, for the black horses can see, and the riders can use men and other creatures as spies, as we found at Bree. They themselves do not see the world of light as we do, but our shapes cast shadows in their minds, which only the noon sun destroys. And in the dark they perceive many signs and forms that are hidden from us. Then they are most to be feared. 
and at all times they smell the blood of living things, desiring and hating it. Senses too, there are other than sight and smell. We can feel their presence. It troubled our hearts as soon as we came here, and before we saw them, they feel ours more keenly. Also, he added, and his voice sank to a whisper, the ring draws draws. draws. So let, let's let's talk about this. I mean, it's uh, the it's fascinating. Now, my audio book, uh, again, it was masterfully done. It was book on tape. You can hear the clipping in between chapters of like the CD skipping. Like it's really cool. Like the CD skipping, like old, very very nostalgic. Uh, came the audio book came out the year I was born. Thought that was kind of cool. And um, I just pictured myself being in like Borders. I used to work at Borders and just seeing like the big. Uh, if anybody doesn't know, they used to sell these like bit. You see them in like antique stores now. These big, thick like book on tape um, things. So I, yeah, big box like just this big like like you think it was a PC game or something. Like it was just <laughs> it was so cool. Um, but yeah, this this book now originally published in 1954. However, he had been working on it for a long time. Tolkien was in Tolkien. I need, I need to get his name right. Tolkien was in um, was in two wars. Served two wars, two world wars. Um, and was interrupted. I mean, this story was interrupted by that, uh, by that. So, and I mean, we're talking like he wasn't like just part of a war, like medic or anything. Like he, I mean, as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, he was like in the trenches in World War One. Like that yeah. dude was that dude was like active. Which I mean, that all comes out. I mean, that all comes out in this in, in the in the story. Which he again, it, the the end of my audiobook is like a forward almost from Tolkien saying like, guys, don't read into it. It's not an allegory. It's just a fun story. <laughs> Cormac McCarthy always did that with his books too. Guys, it's nothing, and that's why people wrongfully view McCarthy as a nihilist, um, in my opinion. Which that's next episode. But uh, no, that's just because that's how they build their stuff because they don't want your mind to race. They don't want to take you too far out of what they spent so long working. So they don't want you to go. It's a Christian allegory. It's um, war allegory. The um, it's good versus evil. It's uh, Nazis, um, it, you know, pure, all these things. It is all of that. I hate to break it to you. It is all of that because it's impossible not to take those experiences and put them into something that you've worked on for that long. It's going to come out eventually. Um, so that that part I thought was really interesting. I, I actually like that he did that um, kind of to just quell the nerds a little bit like, hey, hey, guys, just enjoy the story, you know, but but um, I, I saw right through it, J.R.R. Um, but it comes out in 1954. Uh, some people say it's boring, but it has a cult fan base and it sells really well. Um, uh, and it keeps selling, keeps selling, keeps selling. Obviously, becomes this massive, massive franchise and um, and bigger than he ever could could think it would be uh, up until his death in 1982. And the book really, you know, to, to just sum it up in uh, plot point wise is just uh, guys. There's a ring. There's a shire. The ring, it's in the Shire. The ring is evil. The Shire is great. No one ever wants to leave except one guy who brought the ring back. His name's Bilbo. He brought the ring back foolishly. But at the end of the day, it's not really foolish because it's actually in the right place because the hobbits are the perfect people to destroy it. We don't know that. They don't believe that. There's many times that we doubt that. But they are the perfect people that have to destroy it. Now, there's debates. Should we harness the ring? There's these, the Boromir, the, the utilitarian of the, of the bunch. The Should we keep the ring? Should the right guy have the ring? It's similar to the debates we have now. Should we have good elites? Should we have no elites? Um, there's, there's all of that. But there's a long quest of men helping men, some women too, uh, helping men 
on a task and all it takes really is perseverance and the right thing comes the right thing comes by even even in the darkest time um so let's start with the lore um the lore aspect of how of how uh the ring came to be so um it's was part of a big war there was what seven seven rings that were made uh or seven rings that were made but sauron was like learned how to make the rings there were yeah there were like three for the elves seven for the dwarves nine for the men and then he made the last one in secret and like that was the real one that was like actually this one because i'm so evil the ring is evil therefore me being so evil i got the I, i got the uh I got the bars to make this thing, you know, really, really make the world kind of bow to it in a sense. Yeah. Um, well, and what the way that he, that Sauron like learned of the ring too was very, I mean, very like Lucifer seeming like very oh, um, so deceiver, true. which I mean is repeated a whole age before with like the fall of Numenor, but he slips his way into this group tricks them into believing him that hey we can learn this together i'll teach you this beautiful wonderful gift from from the god and they think it's all fine and dandy this awesome technology of ring ring making but you know he it's the master's tools he wove tricks and lies and deceits into it yeah and evil like evil is always so like evil itself is always going to overpower the person that tries to harness it, right? That's essentially what the story is, uh, one way or another. And I, I tend to, I, I have that like anarchism. I know that word means something completely different than uh, now in, in today's context. Something that I kind of don't agree with, but I do have like an anarchism where I'm like, if I see something isn't right for the world, I want it gone. You know, I don't, I don't want a based version of it. I don't want a, you know, blank whatever insert whatever term here version of said evil like um which i understand why some people are but i i just love like as a kid that goes over my head you know but now when i've seen evil <laughs> uh particularly in the last uh, four years or so um you know you i'm like is there a ring you know <laughs> like I, start, I start thinking like i mean there always there is there are there are rings in the world like there are i, I mean i i tend to think our our allegiance to tech like yeah yeah like pure allegiance to like tech is a ring like in a sense like it's not like it's not just one tangible beautiful shiny object but it kind of is to some people like it's just Neuralink just dropped the other day dude Neuralink the first guy just got Neuralink the other day and I'm I'm petrified he's calling Musk is trolling me he's calling it telepathy Mm. And I'm, inversions yeah i'm saying man like we're uh, like it's all this stuff rolls in and when like i said you read if you if you're casting this off as i read it as a kid go back go yeah. back it's, it's completely completely different now um the they're the, the the hobbits right we we learn frodo frodo at at the beginning of the book is a 33 year old man i'm 33 i found that kind of funny uh just picking up this book again uh, randomly i was not it's not on the gain of fiction list but i felt like it was relatable enough to where people could enjoy an episode even if they don't go back and read it uh because i the world the whole world has seen the peter jackson films at least (laughs) um and uh but i found it you know frodo's 33 at the time where when bilbo leaves the shire because bilbo 
we don't know quite why he wants to leave yet, but he's like, ah, I'm done here. But you look and you're like, the way the Shire's described, like, who would ever want to leave that? It's so beautiful. It's it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. Um, that's another metaphor because I think I think the the chase of perfection for men is better than perfection, right? Like, you get perfection, you'll never enjoy it. You know what I mean? Well, like, I think that's some of the the hobbits are simple. You know, mm, they're, exactly. they're content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they're content and frodo's content but you know even he one day would get the itch you know like you you just feel like he, he's been around bilbo long enough to get the itch so it kind of feels like there's there's there is this big like manifest destiny quality to this to where it's like it has to be them it, we you get annoyed when you read bilbo throughout the book like, god this guy's fucking kind of like i don't know me i'm like this guy's kind of lame a little bit <laughs> but like you're also like nah man he, he he brought it back if that ring stayed in the misty because the ring apparently worked its way from sauron to was it um Isl isildor isildor is the guy who cut off the finger do i have that right mm -hmm. isildor isildor right who we find out is is uh um an ancestor of of aragorn um but it, it cut off the finger that goes and then all of a sudden Gollum finds it you know Gollum finds it and he's just creature or whatever person in the in the in the wild uh in the wild if i i actually in the book if you've only seen the movie in the book that it's actually a way cooler story i think for smeagol because he kills his buddy who finds it he's like actually i think it should be mine and he like kills his buddy and you see like that pure like kind of cain and abel almost or even original sin kind of thing that happens uh and uh they, they take him out and then all of a sudden bilbo finds it in the misty mountains when he's kind of soul searching almost like this midlife crisis or does the ring find bilbo exactly that was one of the things i really picked up yeah. on was like the exactly. whole idea there's other powers at work mm -hmm. uh, other forces said, i was like ah yeah 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 I, and i love the philosophy of it because it's like you know again I, I feel like i'm jumping so far ahead but i don't care it's uh there's free like i it's a free will book but there's a true will you know and, I, and that's how i am I, I believe all human beings have free will but i do believe there's a true will like well, it's, like, it just yeah, is that's... what it is like it, there, there's some people that just think it's like free will and then it's just but you're operating in this like libertarian world where nothing ha like it doesn't matter like not doesn't matter but it's just like there's it's not all working towards one thing you know um we're in a sense in this in this case it's like yeah bilbo the ring was drawn to him but like he did still have those same urges like i am going to leave the shire i am going to go do this i am and then all of a sudden though it does find you it does find you um does it want to be destroyed that's the other thing i was thinking about does the ring want to be destroyed or does it not want to be destroyed because like in the movie they they kind of get a little the movie they give it its own voice a little bit which i, I that's my one kind of my one little gripe with the movie i think uh which we'll get to but in the book it's kind of like i feel like it's a bit op open-ended where it's like the ring is just an arbitrary thing like it's it doesn't have a, it's, it's not sentient it's not speaking to you it's not um doing this it can take you to another world it can make you see evil but is that to expedite a process i well cause i feel like sauron put some of himself into the ring because i think i i don't know personally i feel like the ring has some inherently evil negative aspect to it but mm -hmm. there is that other more like higher godly angelic force that's playing that does want it destroyed mm -hmm. that is fighting against that lower uh that lower energy of sauron of melkor of the the evil the the bad in the world that the ring this i mean 
even if Tolkien wants to disagree with it, I mean, I feel like the book is very anti-industrialization, anti-technology, and The For Ring sure. is sort of like the pinnacle of that. It's this high technology that can give unlimited power to you, but no matter what, it's, that power will lead to your downfall, will lead to evil, because, because with that power comes the evil. And I, yeah, I definitely, I don't know, I think of it less of a neutral tool and more of a definitely sure. negative force in the world and what would make and it's a brilliant that you bring that up about the um kind of uh anti-industrialization because what would make you more afraid of technology than being in world war one <laughs> straight up killing. bro uh, literally the first war where it was like bro this is fucked like you know like you're the, the gases that they're using i mean just it's it is a completely different war than we've ever seen at that time it is not man with bayonet bam gotcha you know it, it's not drummer you know walk, marching you kind of challenge you to a duel kind of thing no it is trench warfare disgusting yeah. vile and i i to me that that had to have been the case i mean and it's like you think about when token died 1982 right before we hyper industrialized interesting you know, like, yeah. like the guy, like almost like his destiny was like, yeah, you can't be around for this, dude. Like, this is, you, you don't want to see this. <laughs> well, that's what you guys all, all got to also see uh, Bashki's Wizards, because uh, it's just more on the nose about the same thing. People have been <laughs> saying that people have been saying that's kind of his like master, master, masterpiece, like kind of um, which uh, Yerk, Yerk P told me that too. He's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta go see that, which I will, because um, I was. We're going to talk about the Ralph Bakshi uh, uh, 1978 uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, it's damn good. It was I had not seen this before, I, which as a like a fucking known high school stoner druggy guy, that is a bit <laughs> weird on my resume. That was definitely a definitely a blind spot. That was definitely a gap in my resume there that I um, that I filled. Thank God. But uh, so, I, you know, a couple things about this. Um, you know, I'm glad we got to what the ring is because I wanted to get to that early. Uh, and and please feel free to come back to any point of that as well. But I, I love yeah, yeah. Um, I love I love certain parts of it. Like, you know, when um, it kind of it kind of starts their their quest starts pretty, you know, pretty early, you know, like in the in the book where if you see the movie, it kind of, you know it builds a little bit and they push him out into the world. But like, it's, it's kind of right away where Gandalf is like, bro, don't even ha keep me around that ring. Like I can't be around this ring Frodo because Bilbo leaves the Shire because he basically wants to live his normal life again. Cause that's what he has to do. He has to be that far away from the ring. He leaves. Um, he doesn't really, I don't, I don't know if he, I can't remember if he tells them where he's going, but I think that the, the idea is that he's probably going to Rivendell, but uh, I can't remember if that happens neither here nor there, but uh, Gandalf comes in eventually and is just like, bad things are happening, dude. Like, and you have something that, and you to Frodo, you don't know what you have. Frodo is the adopted son of, of Bilbo. Um, Frodo is actually a brandy buck. Do I have that correct? Is he a brand? I think he's a took. A took, yeah. What well, yeah. is Mary? He's one of the Mary and Pippins. He's like a loose relative of yeah, yeah. Thing. So uh, that's another thing you kind of don't really get in the movies and stuff. You get a, a little bit of a like lineage uh, stuff with that. So he, uh, you know, Frodo is just kind of like, yeah, it's a ring. So what? Like, we'll just, you know, we'll just get, we'll hide it. You know what I mean? We'll just, we'll just hide it. And they're like, no, bro, like you don't. It's kind of there's. Aiden, we just did Lovecraft. There are Lovecraftian elements of this, but it's oh, Lovecraft yeah. with a purpose. You know, it's it's Lovecraft with like a 
there's a lot, especially when we get to Moria, it's pure Lovecraftian. But like when you when you get to uh, like this part, it's kind of like, no, bro, like you don't understand. Like the world that you think you know, it's it's like the, the scariest thing you've ever seen. You can't even quite. It's man-made horrors, you know, beyond your comprehension, of course, right? Like, and and so, um, it's right away we realize that the uh, the Black Riders are coming to the Shire, and they are Sauron's kind of nine. Is it nine? I believe it's nine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, nine of them coming to uh, get that ring and the guy who's got it, um, and and bring him back to uh, Mordor. And uh, it's it's not going to go well if that if that happens. Um, so they flee. They flee. Uh, one of the first guys they run into is uh, Glorfindel, uh, who I, I I like him. I love the exiled elves. That was one of my favorite parts of the book, um, and and you get it early. And um, they're like manifesting things in the forest and stuff. Very very RC coded uh, behavior happening there. They're like making these like making like river water into like a delicious honey drink and stuff. I'm very fairy lore, like the uh, whole lore and myth of like the fairy realm and going it, like seeing the like something interesting about the Hobbit. I know a different book, but when they were in Mirkwood, they would see these like rings of lights of dancing elves in the woods that they would hear music and they'd go chase to it. But by the time they got there, it was gone and they were just leading them deeper and deeper into the forest. And that's like what the fairies would do. And similar to like here where it's all of these like chimes and bells and you see them making food out of nowhere and Lorien where it seems like it's a time, a place that's out outside of time, like a different realm. Like Tolkien was definitely like incorporating a lot of those older myths and trying to bring it back to a people who had lost their their like yeah. myths and stuff like that. You just listened to a preview of one of our premium episodes, and to get access to the full thing, you got to be a paid subscriber to the Rare Candy Substack. That's rarecandy.substack.com. $5 a month or 55 for the whole year. You get one month free if you do the whole year. You get access to premium Rare Candy episodes, my podcast, The Glen Word, and whatever the hell else we want to charge people for. Uh, again, that's rarecandy.substack.com. Thanks again.